Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. Everybody and thanks for joining us this evening. This is Butterfly Moments, very first show on Nightlight Network with your host Cynthia Jordan. She is going to be sharing her music and spiritual philosophies with us frequently, as the times most certainly do call for the magic of Butterfly Moments in all of our lives. She began her career in music as a songwriter when, in 1983, a long time ago, her song. Jose Cuerfo became the number one country song of the year in Billboard magazine. She calls herself a storyteller because over the years she has written hundreds of songs and instrumentals, three historical novels, all of which are phenomenal, two nonfiction books, four children's books, piano tutorials, and she does keynote speaking and does workshops. She believes that beautiful harmonic music has the power to heal the world. And you can visit her, please, after the show at CynthiaProductions.com. Welcome to your show, Cynthia. Hello, Barbara DeLong. I have missed you, and it's so great to be back with you now. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. I mean, with your own show, for, for starters, I think that was a surprise to both of us, but I think it's... It's a wonderful time. We've done shows before together over the last few decades, <clears throat> and uh, yes. <laughs> it, it seemed yes. like it was time to do it again. Yes, yes. One of those God things. I just kind of called you randomly, and you told me what you were doing, and I said, can I be part of that? <laughs> and, yeah. and so thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you very much for letting me talk about butterfly moments. And uh, I have to tell you, Barbara, what's been happening with me for at least the last year and a half is I've been nudged and nudged and nudged saying that Spirit's been telling me people are going to need to find places where they can feed their spirituality because I think some of the places where people have been fed 
are going to be proven invalid, if you will. And Uh so I think that Nightlight and what you're doing, people, they want to get in touch with their authentic self. And actually, I didn't find my authentic self in church. In fact, in churches, I learned that I was kind of a worm. (laughs) Was was that your term? That you're born kind of a nasty little worm? (laughs) When, when, but you know, babies know who they are, and children know who they are. The little toddlers until they get to school, and then people start calling them dirty little worms, whatever. But you know what I mean. Uh, we yeah. know who we are when we when we first come into the world as as small babies, and you know, just look into a, a baby's eyes. I always say that's my favorite way to look at God is in their eyes, and then. We grow up, and then the game is rediscovering yourself. So programs like this, like Nightlight and the book that I wrote, and those of us that have been on the spiritual awakening path for a while now, I feel like we have kind of a responsibility to mentor to those that will be lost or who are lost and saying, who am I? What am I? I know I'm more than a human person, you know, and we've heard that wonderful saying, we are spiritual beings having the human experience. Okay, well, somebody explain to me what that means, that kind of, right, so congratulations. Oh, yeah. Steady on course for years and years and years, and I'm just so proud of you. Ah, well, it's it's easy when you love what you're doing. I think one of the the synchronicities that, that I think we found so fascinating was that the last line in your Butterfly Moments book is the same as the last line in the intro to Nightlight Radio. Exactly. You are never alone. When you told me that, I said, and I remembered after you told me that that was the last line in in your speech. And that, to me, is the whole reason for writing Butterfly Moments was the book itself and living, understanding what butterfly moments are, which for everybody listening, I had an amazing experience in a park one day with a butterfly. And I'd like to tell that story because it was my spiritual awakening. I had a lot of hints along the way, but that was the day I absolutely knew for certain that there is a loving, beautiful, intelligent source, God, energy, whatever you call that, beautiful, beautiful, I think in the Bible they just call it love, that uh-huh. always stays with you. All is never, it's always with you. And So what happened to me was I had gotten a record deal and I had worked so hard on putting together 11 CDs for page music in Nashville of ambient piano. A lot of them were my original compositions. Uh, I also did some Christmas music with flutes and violins and cello and it came out really, really pretty, but I had to put my own brand, my own way of doing Silent Night that's been done thousands of times, right? So 
I worked very, very, very hard on it, and I knew I was just going to heal the world with music, and I was on cloud nine, and everything was just going great. And in that year, Napster happened, and people were downloading music left and right for free. So we know what happened to a lot of the record companies. When that happened, they had no income, so they went away. And I was so upset. I had been working with God, I thought. I was following God's lead, I thought. I thought I was on a mission from God, all of that. And when this happened and the record company went away, I was so distraught, so upset. And I'm walking through this the woods, actually not far from where you live, out there in Nashville, in uh, yeah. Gallatin. And I was walking through the woods at a park there, and I was talking to God. I said, what, what, what? I thought I was doing what you told me to do. No, no, no. What's going on here? Where are you? What's going on? And I was so upset and half crying. This it's not fair, all that, right? And right. So all of a sudden, it, the sun was behind me, so I was headed straight west. I saw this fluttering shadow over my head, and then boom, a butterfly landed on my shoulder. And it was a little orange butterfly. And so <laughs> I started talking to the butterfly. <laughs> I'm saying, hey, you think God? The interesting, th- <laughs> the interesting thing was was this path is at least two miles long if you take the entire path. Barbara, that butterfly never left me. It stayed on my shoulder for all that time, for at least 45 minutes of me walking. And I had fallen in love with Butterfly. I'm talking to the Butterfly. People are walking by me, you know, listening to me talking to the Butterfly. <laughs> Just, I know why you're here. I know why you're here. <laughs> okay, God, I know you're with me. You know, and just going on and on. Well, what was <laughs> but what was so interesting was I got to the parking lot and I have a van and that butterfly was still with me and I had an appointment I needed to go on I told the butterfly I said listen you're not going to understand windows okay and uh, so you need to fly away and it wouldn't leave so I put my little pointer finger right there by the butterfly to you know kind of just kind of rubbing my shoulders so Typically, a butterfly would just fly away, right? Oh, no. The butterfly got on my And by this time, I am bawling and sobbing and, (laughs) I know why you're here. (laughs) I know why you're here and I love you. And I'm telling you this butterfly that I love, this little butterfly. And as I'm talking to it, its little wings are just going up and down and up and down. Finally, I said, you know, I'm going to be walking in this park, 
day after tomorrow. Why don't you visit me when I come back? So with that, it, it didn't fly away, Barbara. It danced away. Do, 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 do. You know how butterflies can dance, right? I do. Sometimes they, go, they do a straight line, and sometimes they just kind of dance and flutter. And I was in awe, and I went to my appointment. Well, that was a Tuesday. The next Thursday, my girlfriend was with me, and I was telling her all about this butterfly landing on my shoulder and how wonderful it was and how I knew God was talking to me. (laughs) She said, Cindy, there's a butterfly on your shoulder. Oh, wow. And this time it was on my I this time it was on my left side. And it was I am not kidding you, Barbara. It had to be it looked exactly like that butterfly. It it exactly. And there it was on my shoulder. And she and I just looked at each other and it did its little thing with its wings again and I said, Hi. I said, Thank you for coming by to visit me. This time it lasted about five minutes. Uh-huh. It just stayed with us. And then it, I said, it finally danced away again. And it was with that experience that I absolutely knew that I'm, we're never alone. God was with me. That's a pretty fantastic story. I mean, that's not an ordinary story. No. So fast, no. fast forward a little bit. My daughter had been in an accident, and she was she had died pretty much. Her eyes looked like fish eyes, and the doctor had told the nurse, you know, just let me know when she passes because there was no hope as far as the doctor was concerned. And she was on life support. And this time... I went into the waiting room and I went into a deep meditation and I knew God was with me, but I also knew that there's no fool around here. This is my child and she was checking out. And so I closed my eyes and I said, I'm not asking. I'm not saying please. I'm not saying I hope. Nuh-uh. You're God and you can, so fix this. Because you promised, because you're God. And you can fix this. I know you can. And I saw this pink glitter, just pink, shiny glitter, uh, all through the cosmos, coming out from me, out into the sky, to the trillions of galaxies and I I felt like I felt my authentic self because uh-huh. I commanded the universe I said being your love down on my child now being your love on my child so I wasn't the drop in the ocean I was the ocean I was in complete oneness with God complete oneness and I was vibrating and then in my Mind, I could see Jesus holding her and rocking her with all of her tubes. I could see that 
And then I saw the Blessed Mother at the end of her bed with lights coming out of her hands, uh, shining on Denise, on my on my daughter. And it was amazing. So the next time I watched, went in to see her, the uh, I, the nurse would not look me in the eye, which was typical. But I had my CD playing for her. I said, don't let that CD quit playing. It was my piano music. I said, she needs to know her mommy's with her. And so this after this big prayer that I had done, or prayer, it wasn't a prayer. I don't even know what to, how to explain it. It was a, a command to the universe in oneness with God. It That's what it was. It was not a prayer. And uh, when she woke up, oh, I'm sorry. So we had gone in, her her dad and I had gone in, and I saw her little eyelash flash, her little eyelash moved. And I looked at the nurse and I said, I'm right outside. You call me when she wakes up. And the nurse gave me this little funny look. I said, I'm right out there when she wakes up. I'm right out uh-huh. there. Because I knew she was on her way back. Well, after they took the tubes and everything out of her, I knew she had had an out-of-body experience. I knew she had because she had died. And also because when she was sick, she had been kicked in the head by a horse and she couldn't see. She was blind. And her daddy was holding up fingers. How many fingers am I holding up? Well, what had happened was we had to grab, uh, there was a teenage kid that was helping on the ranch and so we had to grab that car because ours didn't have enough gas in it to get it all the way to town without stopping for gas, which was right down the road. But we needed to scream her down to the hospital. And when it was all over, she said, and she came out of it, I remember driving there saying, okay, God, I call this the day that I learned how to pray, which I wrote about it in the Butterfly Moment book. It was, I said, this can turn out three ways. She's either going to die, she's going to be blind, or she's going to be okay. If it's the first or the second, just give me the strength to deal with that because I know thy will be done. I just did thy will be done. And whatever Uh it is, and completely trusted, completely trusting God to do the right thing or whatever was good. But because you have to trust whatever happens is good for the soul. You have to trust that. And when, when we came home and she was fine, she said, Mommy, when I was going to the hospital, I was on a red car and I could see myself laying in Daddy's lap in the front seat. Well, this kid's car was red. <laughs> Wow. You know, I think so that, one was, of that the, was her first one. If anybody wants to check out this story from the other side, a lot of years ago, at least, well, it's well over a decade, maybe maybe like 15, 10, well, it's definitely over 10 years. Um, Patrick, my late husband, and I did, a, did three shows on near-death experiences. One of the oh, shows yeah. was an interview with your daughter, 
talking oh, about her oh, near-death experience. That's right. That's right. And she did. People, if people want to go onto my YouTube channel and type in near-death experiences, they'll, they'll find the three we did. And one of those mm-hmm. three is Cindy's daughter talking about her several near-death experiences. Oh, my goodness. That's right. My goodness. That's that, right, Barbara. That, you said that was the first time she had talked about it to anybody else. She she never talks about it. It's too private. You know, that intimacy well, she, that you have with God like that, you, it's almost, it, it almost, you don't tell the full story. But she, she, she said, said, Mommy, go ahead, go ahead, you do it. No, no, she said one of the most profound things anybody ever said about a near-death experience. She, she said to me, <clears throat> you have to understand, I wasn't surrounded by love. I wasn't supported by love. I wasn't called by love. She said, right. I was love. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, that makes me want to cry. Yeah, it was, it, it caught Patrick, you know, Patrick just, mm-hmm. just exactly, Patrick did the gasp too, it was he, he lost it too, he was crying towards the end. Yeah. Right, oh really, yeah, because she was in, she said, mommy, the light's everywhere, people just can't see it, but it's right here in front of us, it's right, so everybody listening, that light is in the empty space. So if you're in a room, there's probably a lot more God in that room than anything else <laughs> because it's in the empty space. And if you really want to experience God in that, walk outside and look up in the sky and see all the stars and beyond because God is in all the empty space. And she's, yeah, I'm going to go back and listen. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I forgot that she had done that, but she never... I think that's the only time she's ever told that story, to tell you the truth. It, it took I, my breath I away. really do. Yeah. Wow. Well, it actually made an impact on you, too, obviously, because that was a long time ago. It was. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Barbara and I have known each other a long time, everybody. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, about 20 years. Yeah, that's a long time. Right, right. It's it's been it's been beautiful. I know my son came and stayed with you, and he really loved you, Barbara. You're just thank you for being consistent. You know, uh, those of us that are artists like myself, I'm like a ping pong ball in a wind tunnel. <laughs> well, you you were also about very. Five. You were you were you were also tremendously gracious in that you let Patrick and I use your music as a back as background oh. music for the documentary we did. Absolutely. And that's yes. been viewed Absolutely. close to half a million times. So Oh wow. Wow, 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 wow. 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 See you let enough time go by, right? I I was Googling <laughs> myself today. And in the, well, not Googling, I was in YouTube and I was, typed my name in and I went, holy smoke, look at all these. So music I'd put up like eight years ago had like 56,000 people listen to it, 165,000 people listen to it. So again, you let enough time go by, 
those numbers, they start growing. Yeah. They sure do. Right. Oh, wow. But, that so your purpose for writing Butterfly Moments and, and for starting the show out with it um, is sort of to remind people that they aren't alone, that even though they feel right. it, they aren't. Right. No, we're never alone. We're never alone. And so many times we look for another human being, someone to comfort us. And people who are alone go to other substances to comfort them. Food, drinking, pills, drugs, that type of thing, right? Uh, Uh Binge television (laughs) works best. (laughs) It won't hurt you. (laughs) But... uh, but the human beings, the way that we are made is we, that human connection is so, so important. And that's another thing that's good about your show, Barbara, is people feel connected when they listen to you because there's a whole lot of people out there listening right now and that will listen to this show. I call them the silent majority. You'll never You'll never know who they are, but they're listening. They're listening. I, I learned that with my my song that I wrote, the Jose Cuervo song. Uh-huh. Is, and uh, in fact, we should play that, but I want to tell a story right before we play that song, the Jose Cuervo, because... Okay. Uh, uh, so it's a silly little song. I was a cocktail waitress when I wrote it. First song I ever wrote. It turned out to be country music song of the year in 1983. But you never know how you touch somebody's life. And so millions of people have heard that song. You know, people, even today, the song's like, what, 35 years, 37 years old, 38 years old. And people still today can sing it right back to me. Jose Cuervo, you are a friend of mine. They sing it right back to me. And uh, so you never know how that might touch anybody. But the song itself is about freedom. Because tequila, you know, you say the word tequila, people just smile. Or you say, hey, you want to come over for hot chocolate? Or that's going to be nice. But if people say, hey, you want to come over for some margaritas? That's a little more exciting, right? Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, exactly. And so tequila has this way of give, making you 10 foot tall and bulletproof or whatever. It just gives you a sense of freedom that is unlike anything else in that respect. So this woman in Nashville, she was a disc jockey, and she was telling me that uh, she had been a disc jockey, I guess it was Minnesota. And she had this uh, radio show on Saturdays. And she said that this was back in the days when people had real DJs that you could call in and talk to them. Remember those days? Yeah, I do. So, <laughs> so she called in. She said that this fella called in. His, he said his name was Joe. And... Um, he said, can you play Jose Cuervo for my son, Little Joe, because he likes to sing and dance. And she says, well, how old is your son? He said, he said, well, he's seven years old, but he's got a little routine he does, and he's really cute, makes him happy, makes him smile. 
so she played it. And he would call every Saturday morning. And in the conversation, he, she had learned that his wife had died. Little Joe's mother had died. But this song really makes him feel happy, right? So this was kind of going on for several weeks, and then all of a sudden he quit calling. And weeks went by, and then finally one Saturday he called, and he says, hey, can you play Jose Cuervo for little Joe so he can sing and dance? She says, Joe, where have you been? We've been missing you. Where have you been? And he said, well, things haven't been too good lately. He said, our house burnt down. Well, it was in a community where people knew it, it wasn't a, a big community. It wasn't. It was a, a smaller town, and they had heard that this about this um, house burning down, and money, furniture, clothes, food, all came to the radio station because of all those people who listened to Joe request Jose Cuervo every Saturday for Little Joe. Now, that makes me cry, too, because that's the silent majority. Don't ever underestimate the silent majority. The bullies are the ones with the big mouths. But the silent majority are those that watch and pitch in when it's time to volunteer or help because of humankind, because you don't know who they are. You don't know who they are. So anyway, so the version I gave you, Barbara, is the original version of Jose Cuervo. It's not the record that made the big hit. This version that I gave you went number one in Los Angeles, where I lived when I first wrote it and took it to the local radio station. So this is me singing it when I'm about 24 years old. <laughs> oh, okay. So Jose Cuervo. Okay. A little bit okay. different. Oh, wait. No, it's not. Nope, this is another girl. Okay, but Hold this on. is the no. best
Next round's on me, y'all. <laughs> so, uh, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hello. Uh, so Hello. that was actually Kimber. That was actually Kimber Clayton's version that I gave you. Kimber Clayton, bless her heart. She she worked so hard. She she recorded it. She anybody who does line dancing, she created a line dance called the Jose Cuervo that she, oh, she wow. did. And she was like number one in the country as far as clubs go with the Jose Cuervo song. And it, I think it did really well in England. And uh, anyway, I'm always been grateful to her. She actually passed away, Kimber did. She had uh, something wrong with her liver, I guess it was. But man, I love that version of the song, though. Isn't it great? You can't, it's almost it's like a great you can't one. Sit yeah. still. You can't nope, sit still. You can't. <laughs> Not when you're hearing Kimber. So I'm going to keep her alive with showing that. That's why I sent that to you. Yeah, Kimber Clayton, real sweet little girl. Yeah. Anyway, I think she's smiling right now. I can feel it. Yeah, she's smiling. So, uh, are you there? So with your butter. Yeah, I'm here. Your butterfly moments. How can, you know, certainly your butterfly moments. I you I think you wanted to also mention that that if people wanted to download a copy of Butterfly Moments, um oh, yeah. it's it's free on your website. Right. Just go to cynthiaproductions.com and download Butterfly Moments. I've got all kinds of stories of it's called a composer's journey to enlightenment. So it was how I I learned who my authentic self, you know, I learned uh, it, it's my journey of enlightenment. And uh, now, with, with, with yeah. Yeah, certainly the butterfly was an indication and, and I mean, that was a message mm-hmm. for, for sure, but right. not everybody is going to be attracting butterflies, but, but <laughs> butterfly moments are those moments when, you know that you have a oneness with God and right. that, that there right. is a presence near you, within you, by you. And right. so what what are some of the ways other people might be able to say, ah, that's what that means? I would say look for coincidences or extraordinary things. For instance, the other day, my girlfriend, we were talking about her mother who had passed. And she said, oh, my gosh, there's a red cardinal just landed, like, right next to me. Right? Well, we know that the red cardinal is a symbol of people who have passed. She said, I said, that's your mother. She says, I think it is. <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, just extraordinary things that seem that seems simple, but you know. You don't have to explain it to anybody. You don't have to talk anybody into believing it. You know. You know that something unusual happened. Uh, we, we do that naturally when, you know, that age-old example of you think of someone and they call you on the phone kind of thing, yeah. right? So, well, boy, that's a coincidence. I was just thinking about you. Right. Or you're 
at a store and you see you're thinking of something and and there it shows up miraculously, you know, at a store or at your front doorstep or somebody hands you something. Yeah. You know, just I would say just when something out of the ordinary happens or there's a coincidence, there's no, just know that Einstein said coincidence is God being anonymous. So it's not oh, I like that. a coincidence. I like that. There's no, yeah, don't you? I, I've got it on my email. I signed my email with that. Coincidence is God being anonymous. So there's no such thing as a coincidence. Just know that there's everything's in perfect order. Everything is. All the chaos that's happening in the world right now is in perfect order because this is the land of contrast. Our uh-huh. earth is the land of contrast. We contracted for this from the other side. We all said I'll, we are the bravest of souls because we opted for the human experience. And <laughs> Before we came here, I think God, we had a little conversation with God. God said, you're going to have pain. You're going to have chaos. You're going to be violated. You're going to see horrific things. But in that darkness, know I am always with you. And it's in that darkness that you will find me. That's the little conversation that you have with God before he throws you in the game. <laughs> and there you are having the spiritual we're the spiritual being having a human experience and a, a funny conversation happened with somebody that's very close to me who's a doctor who said there's no such thing as God and I said it's impossible to know that there's no such thing as God it's impossible you know people that call themselves atheists I think are just people that were wounded in church somehow you know but he said, well, how can God, he happens to be an eye doctor, and he said, why would God give a three-month-old baby eye cancer? And I remember looking at him, and I said, you know, sometimes this is another thing that, that you learn how to do when you're enlightened, is you learn how to open the portal to let the knowledge, divine knowledge come through you. So I said, okay, what do I tell him? That was the question. And then I opened the portal and the divine knowledge came through in the form of a metaphor or a parable. I said, okay, you're a scientist. So do you believe that there's other solar systems and galaxies beyond what we can see? Oh, yeah, like maybe billions and trillions. I mean, <laughs> it goes on yeah. forever. And he agreed with that. And then I said, well, do you think that maybe in all of the universe that there might be a planet much like this one out there with human beings on it and earth and beautiful nature? He said, yes, I, that could be possible. And I said, well, do you think that on one of those planets that everything's perfect, everybody has all the food they need, they all have warm showers every day, they live in a comfortable home, they share, there's no fighting, there's no wars, everybody loves each other, there's only brotherhood. Do you think that maybe that exists on some planet out there in the trillions of galaxies? <laughs> and he said, yeah, no illness. Just everything's just beautiful and perfect. Yeah, he said, 
I'll go with that. I said, well, you didn't pick that planet. <laughs> you, <laughs> you picked Well, you know, another, another answer, another way of looking at it is sometimes we have to lose our sight to gain our vision. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Lose our sight to gain our vision. Absolutely. Because we look through things with our spiritual eyes. When you're right. enlightened or when you're, when you're moving through 4D into 5D, we look at things completely different, which is also referred to sometimes as Christ consciousness. How, how did Jesus look at the world? Because he sure gave us a whole lot of information on that, and there's actually a whole lot more that's buried in the Vatican vault. There's, I think it's like 777 books that never made it to the Bible. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, there's, we know there's a lot. And because they, there's the powers that be want to dumb us down. They don't want us to realize or be self-realized how amazing each one of us is. And in that moment when I connected myself with God, I know exactly what Denise meant. You are the ocean. You are, you're not the drop. You are the ocean. You are the God, you are vibrating in the essence of God, which is in all the empty space. And when my son was young, he would play golf, Jordan. And every time he'd go to practice every day, he would say, I would say, ah, little grasshopper, you are the ball, you are the hole, you are the club. (laughs) And he and I'd say that to him every day. I'd say, allow the ball to go in the hole. Don't hit the ball in the hole. Allow it to go in the hole. So one day he was 11 years old, and he looked at me and goes, what does that mean? Well, until that <laughs> moment, Barbara, I didn't know what it meant. I just would say, just say it. <laughs> but then when he asked, I knew exactly what it meant. I said, Jordan, what happens when you blow up everything a million times? What do you see? He's a very smart kid. He said, empty space. I said, ah, little grasshopper, that is where you are one with the ball and one with the hole and one with the club. So in all of the empty space, that's where God vibrates. So uh-huh. when, you, when, you get, when you release illusion, you release the 3D world and go into the empty space and just understand that every single thing is information energy. That's all it is. It's all empty space in reality. But everything we look at, everything we're experiencing is really information transformed into energy, our perception of it, you know, all of that. That's quantum physics. And so... we. When you ask, it takes some practice, but what I would suggest, what worked for me, was I would have conversations with God or with whatever and watch for that which is not your thought because there's, you'll have ideas or something will come floating in that's not your thought, so you know it's a divine thought or a suggestion. And uh-huh. the other thing I would suggest is don't argue with it. 
if God no. inspires you with something, <laughs> if God inspires you to go do something like what God inspired me to do with all the music I've written, with starting, uh, you know, butterfly moments, all of this, everything that's been inspired, then pay attention and go with it. But don't make ex- excuses. Like I wrote this butterfly moments book. I'd never written a book before, but I'd never written a song before Jose Cuervo. So. I said, okay, yeah, I'll write a book. And I wrote it, and I've written several books since then, but Butterfly Moments was the first, and it was completely inspired by the divine. So that's another really good way to connect with God is just start writing. Just start writing something and ask God to help you, and you will think of things or you'll write things that you'll go back and read it and say, did I write that? That's pretty cool <laughs> because the music I write, the books I write, I can never take full credit for that, Barbara. I only learned how to open the portal to allow the divine energy to come through me. So it, was, it never felt right to say, I wrote this or I wrote that. It's more like we. I, I, I joined with the energy of the divine and it all came through this vehicle or this, what do you call it? This human experience, the sympathy, I call it the, the, you know, you you call understanding who you really are and who your authentic self is. I actually call that Cynthia, the part of me that Ah. is all good, all knowing the, that's why I use that in my writing name is the Cynthia. Cindy, as you know me as Cindy, my friends all call me Cindy, is my normal self. And then CJ, that's my ego, and she also wrote Jose Cuervo, and she can outcuss a sailor (laughs) 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 when she's angry, right? That's my human self that I often have to forgive. (laughs) (laughs) CJ, I've learned how to control her. She used to win over Cynthia, especially during those uh, times when I was a younger woman and I'd have that little, those few days of the month where you just turn into a monster. Uh, oh, yeah. Cynthia would always try to call. CJ would show up full blast. <laughs> Cynthia would say, now, now, don't say anything mean. Don't get upset. <laughs> don't lose your temper. <laughs> it, you know, getting older does have its perks, doesn't it, Barbara? <laughs> it it absolutely does. There's no doubt about it. Has, it. Right. Which uh, well, I'm I am you know just so grateful for you to bring this kind of wisdom to the show because you know these are times when people are confused and upset and yeah, many are looking for their directions and <clears throat> I think yes. the thing most important as far to say to those who are seeking their 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 bliss, their purpose in life, mm-hmm. the, the best right. thing they can do is to get out of the way and stop trying to think what it could be, but allow it to evolve. Allow. That's the big word of the day. Allow. Don't force things. Just allow. I, I love yeah. how Wayne I mean, Dyer... Go ahead. No, I I, I think that... That's especially the the more intelligent people are, the harder it is to let go of the ego and allow something to happen in their lives. 
Right, because they get too full of thought. That's why we, we want to meditate. Meditate is letting go of thought. It's putting everything on that blank canvas, knowing that's the field of all potentiality is the blank canvas. And you can put anything on it you want, but you got to clear all the other stuff away, all the other stuff away. And that's hard for people. And But what worked for me was to keep focusing on that blank canvas and then see if a thought does float in, pay attention and see if it's a love thought. Because if it's a love thought or an inspired thought, then that would be God's voice talking to you. Uh-huh. Exactly. Right. So I'm very excited to do this show with you, Barbara. I, I like to do this on Thursdays. I think that a lot of people will benefit from this show and the Butterfly Moment show. And we'll remind people what butterfly moments are. And uh, please, everybody, just if you go to Cynthia Productions, it's a gift. It's a present. It'll say download butterfly moments and go ahead and do that. And maybe I know a lot of people have been inspired. At least they tell me that. So please do that. So you have another song, don't you, that I, I want to – the entertainer in me is popping out right now, Barbara. Okay. So one I, yeah, thing I've got that, two more. I've, I've got uh, the songs for you, and I have Grandma. Right. right. Why don't we save this song is for you for next time, and right now we'll do Grandma, okay? Okay. So this song, this song was written – uh, I've been looking at pictures, old pictures, and I'm actually looking at Dennis, my husband's mother, when she was a grandmother, my grandmother, and grandmothers just don't look the same as they did <laughs> because I'm no. realizing in these pictures that these women look like grannies, white hair, you know, moo-moos, all that, but they are younger than me and the than what I am right now in these <laughs> pictures. I'm going, oh, well. Anyway, so this song was written for my girlfriend, who's just a beautiful, beautiful girl. She's over 70 now. But she has this beautiful red hair that she maintains, a lovely figure. And we call her Redbird. And so this song I wrote for my friend, Redbird. Okie doke, coming up. Grandma, never looked like you. shopping mall, the kind of woman who would take your breath away. I walked over and I said hi when a bunch of kids to my surprise were yelling, hey grandma, and they were running our way. I said grandma, never looked like you. Your hair is long and red and her Never looked like you. Followed them over to the merry-go-round. My heart was spinning round and round. Cause Grandma was looking mighty fine. She had an air of confidence. A woman with experience. Just 
getting better like a finished wine. I said, Grandma, never looked like you. Your hair is long and red and hers is blue. She wore a dress past her knees, but you look great in tight blue jeans. Grandma, never looked like you. Yes, and I was ready. She's taught me things I've never known. You should taste her baking and cooking. On top of that, she's so good looking. And just like my grandma, she got a heart of gold. I said, Grandma, never looked like you. Your hair is long and red, and hers was blue. her knees, but you look great in tight blue jeans, no grandma, never looked like you, yes, she wore dresses past her knees, but you look great in them tight blue jeans, no grandma, never looked like you. All right. <laughs> You're down to three minutes. <clears throat> Those days, those were the moo-moo days. Now women are still wearing their blue jeans and working out. <laughs> they are that. All that. And, uh, they're all that. Anyway, I want to uh, invite everybody to join us again with Butterfly Moments and Barbara. Uh, Barbara, you, you're just always beautiful to talk to, and I love, I love what we're doing here with Butterfly Moments. Thank you so much for inviting me. And being part of your network because it's an exciting uh, one. I'm totally very excited my about this. Yes, very exciting. And uh, we've got a lot to look forward to, everybody. We, I th- we do. Things look crazy right now, but, you know, you've got to – any woman who's ever pushed a baby out knows that it's kind of painful <laughs> when you're giving birth. Kind of, yes. So just think, yeah, so, so just think of it in those terms. Uh, and then you have this glorious baby. And that's what we're doing right now. We're birthing the new earth. We're birthing the new baby. We're getting rid of all of the darkness and moving into the light. And who knows, maybe this planet will be that planet that I talked about with my friend, where there's plenty for everyone. Everybody gets a warm shower. Uh, there's, everybody has a nice place to live, and everybody shares, and there are no wars, no fighting. What a place. Wouldn't that be great? That's what we can create. We can do it. If enough of us want it, we'll get it, because that's how God works. Absolutely. Oh, we have so to we will want look it bad for you. We will look for you back here um, yes, ma'am. soon. Okay. All right. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you for everything. And bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. It it was grand. And thank you, everybody. Cynthia will be back. So just keep watching for the uh, at the website, and you'll be able to see when her next show is going to be. And um, we will look forward to seeing you all then. Good night now. <laughs>